0: Right, time now for On The Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and uh, re-energize or download their new Booster Juice. Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy as we welcome in Sportsnet's Mark Spector. Good morning, Speck. What's
1: going on? Dave Youngs, Yeah, I covered Dave <laughs> Youngs when he was uh, <laughs> a, a nice, uh, sort of a, he wasn't point guard. He was kind of a shooting guard, off guard uh, for the UV Golden Bears back in the Don Horwood years. Oh. Sean him and Sean Chirzanoff were an awesome <laughs> duo back there. Yeah, you know,
0: we got some texts in going, <laughs> Mr. Young's is truly one of a kind. And you think about all the, you know, the young players that went through there. And again, we I just mentioned just two of them. Uh, and thanks to Ben Feldman for helping me out with some, you know, long memory lapses that happened back in, you know, you know 20 years ago with the likes of Steve Sir and Jermaine Buckner. I didn't know Jermaine Buckner, is now uh, working with the Boston Celtics, but Ben told me that in his uh, email. Really? So, pretty cool. Wow. And I mean, all those great tournaments, I mean, we had so many, the, you know, the Mike Day, the, the, so many great tournaments across our city, you know, at Ainley, uh, Triprov, and things like that, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I wish I could tell a story about this guy named Kevin Moser on the air right now. Uh, do you know Kevin Moser? He's in you know you probably remember Chuck Moser from U of A. Days. Yeah, I remember Chuck. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, dad. Yeah, that was his dad. And Moser okay. was Moser used to play at Harry Ainley, and uh, according to him, he was one of the top bas- basketball players in the world at the time. And uh, he he was just having a he was. All, I'm gonna just I'll I'll say a little bit, but he was the Journal caught a picture of him with a towel over his head but he was having a couple of he wasn't feeling all too well but it was on the front page of the journal sports you might have been covering the game who knows Should've it's been. it's you know it's 25 years ago spec but it, and then on the caption it said hard-working kevin mosier takes a short break after pouring <laughs> in 17 <laughs> points but he, he just wasn't actually feeling too well so uh. yeah
1: yeah, we used to cover the Father Troy yeah. over at St. Joe's. That triprov I always thought was a bit of a scam. Harry Ainley always invited weak teams and won it every year.
0: Um, yeah.
1: uh, I'm here to tell you was, they could have been, had a much stronger field. They wouldn't have won it three out of every four years. But that's another tale, I think.
0: Well, not only that, but the draw, you know, the first game against, you know, might as well have been, uh, uh, you know, if, if Ainley's a 4A school, it might as well have been against a 1A school. You yeah, know, their yeah, first game, sure. just to have a little practice session. <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding, eh?
0: So, All right, so what's you,
1: going on this morning? Everyone talking
0: about old Broberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone talking about Philip Broberg. And, uh, I mean, it's when stuff like that breaks yesterday and some of it accurate, some of it inaccurate. Um, what uh, the big problem is, or the, the, the thing that the person that, that gets kind of Screwed the most here is Phil Broberg. I mean now where do you go from here, Spec?
1: Well, I mean there's a lot to what do they say to unpack here. You know, when a story like this breaks, it's like Ken Holland's, Ken Holland said, I did not give mm-hmm. the agent Darren Ferris um permission to go seek a deal. That's that's all semantics. You know, what's, what's gone on here is the Oilers have obvious uh, in my eyes, here's how I see it as a hockey guy, okay. writer for a long time. The Oilers have been shopping Phil Broberg. They can't find anything close to what they want to justify trading away a first-round pick. Uh, Ferris is is uh, the agent sick and tired of the whole thing. He wants it to happen yesterday. So he comes out and, and makes some noise to make sure that the entire hockey world is aware that Broberg is available. He's accomplished that. Everybody knows now that Broberg's, you know, the Oilers are shopping them and they're willing to part with this player. And now the player, you know what, I don't blame Phil Broberg if he's fed up with being an Edmonton Oiler. He hasn't had a proper look here. They haven't invested in him. Uh, Woodcroft didn't like him one bit. The new coach hasn't appeared to like him much more. Uh, the management has not instructed their coaches to play this guy and give him a proper chance. Mm -hmm. If I'm Phil Broberg or if I'm Phil Broberg's father, I'm saying the same thing. Get me somewhere else. This organization has failed me.
0: Okay. I'll play the other side here. Do you think, and I'll say this, and we, we heard what Chris Knobloch said on Monday, you know, when, in his little kind of interview with the media off camera. And we're not saying anything that every anyone doesn't know here. He doesn't know anything about Phil Brover because he hasn't given right. him the opportunity. He's been scratched six right. out of eight games. So I I get that. But, I mean, they're in a position where they can't piss around here anymore. And their 60 def- defensemen are what they are, and that's the way it is. He's not coming in here unless there's an injury or someone's play falls off substantial, substantially. So why not send him back to Baco? But is that a bad look right now then after everything that shook down yesterday? Oh.
1: I sense that probably what spurred all of this last couple nights, all of this stuff with the agent stuff, is I suggest they probably went to Broberg and the agent said, we're going to send you back to Baco Mm -hmm. And they probably said, oh, my goodness, enough. Not not again, yeah. You called me up here. You didn't use me even a little bit. And now you're sending me back down. Like, what do I got to do? Come up here and practice. What am I supposed to prove to you in practice? Look, the plan on the Oilers had good intentions. Mm The plan on Broberg this summer was to play him with Ekholm, get the same bump they got from Bouchard last year, and go into a season with Ekholm playing with him. And Desjardins was the last man out. He was going to be the seventh guy. Phil Broberg was going to get his shot. Then Ekholm gets hurt. Then Broberg or DNA has pretty good camp. He ends up taking the job on the right side. He's a right shot guy. He's got a dynamic. He does something. He's big and he's, he's physical and he clears the net a little bit. Broberg doesn't really have that dynamic. And before you know what? They're 2-9-1, and one. and now any thoughts of, of experimenting with players, mm-hmm. any thoughts of let's give this young guy a chance, they're out the window because we're firing a coach and it's Rome's burning here. So Broberg's a bit of a victim of what's going on around this team this year, but you know what? This mm-hmm. team never gave him a proper chance. They should know what he is by now. I, I don't know what he is. Do you know what he is, Kev? You've watched him as long as I have.
0: Okay. He is missing several components to his game. And one thing that I see missing is um, engagement. But I also look at it like this, Speck, and we touched on this right at 7 o'clock. He played 46 games last year. He did not take that to another level this year. He was in the lineup at the start of the year until the Philadelphia game when... Jay Woodcroft goes, you know what, with DeLaurier and Philly brings some big guys, we better put DeHarnay in. We better move this, get some more beef on the back end. Ever since then, Broberg has been lost. He sat out that game. I look at it like this. When you are given an opportunity, no matter who you are, if you don't take advantage of that opportunity, that's on the player. I, I agree that he hasn't been given it under Chris Knobloch, but look at what James Hamlin has done. He has taken his little, tiny, little bit of opportunity and ran with it. And now he has the coach's confidence. Broberg hasn't. Broberg, Broberg didn't do that last year.
1: No, I think that's fair. In the time he's had, uh, you know, he didn't jump in the lineup. He doesn't have a dynamic that makes you go, oh, my God, look what he can do, right? You know, he he's appears to be one of those defensemen that's going to be a – you know, in his when he when he peaks, he's going to be a second pairing defenseman. Hopefully, he's going to be a, a guy that skates the puck out of trouble. He's going to be a guy who puts himself in defensive position by using his feet. Uh, he's not going to knock everybody on their rear end. That's not who mm-hmm. he is. But I guess what I'd say to you is, you know, there's a lot of guys in the game who who don't stand out to you uh, watching them one or two nights. There's a lot of guys in the game who you gotta watch over time. I'm gonna say a guy like Jan Mark. Okay. If you just walk in the rink and watch Jan Mark play, you go, so what? When you watch Jan Mark play 20 nights, you go, oh, there's I see what the coach likes in him. I see why they trust him. And maybe Broberg's that guy. And I'll tell you what, there was too many games when he played four minutes for mm-hmm. Woodcroft last year. And there's nobody on earth who can make a statement and prove something to you and stand out in four minutes of hockey. It's just, it's not fair to ask that of anybody, whether you're a forward or a defenseman. Uh, Listen, Mm -hmm. I just don't think they've invested in him. If if he's a guy that needs a little ice time, they haven't given it to him, and now they're facing losing this guy, and I'm here to tell you, the return for Phil Broberg, it's not going to be very good.
0: You know, I agree. I mean, we're agreeing on a lot of points, Speck, and I always go back to a guy that was in 2005 or four or whatever. And it's Fernando Pisani. Fernando Pisani was an injury not happening with the Oilers big club when he was in Hamilton An injury not happening for Fernando to stay in the AHL or go play in Italy for the rest of his career. But he got an opportunity because of an injury. He came up here and what did he do? He never lost a battle inside the blue line or outside the blue line. He became a dependable player and he created that confidence with the coach. So I think a lot, and, and again, I touched off this off the top spec. I'm so far in disagreement with NHL execs and coaches saying, oh, you need 250, 300 games for, to find out if you're an NHL defenseman. No way. Those days are long gone. These <laughs> players, that is, I think okay. that's the biggest joke of a statement that players can, or that management can say. I think that's an absolute joke.
1: All right. Well, listen. May, may, hey, maybe you're right. And, and listen, I was a guy that said, you know, when 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 Oilers fans were all up in arms about losing Caleb Jones, I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> when everyone freaked out about losing Ethan Bear, I thought, don't worry about it. And to this day, Ethan Bear has been an okay NHL player. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, whatever. Uh, and maybe that's where we are with Broberg. Maybe Broberg goes off in his career, and we never really—he's just a guy. You know? Yeah. So, and listen, I get drafting them. Six foot three, skates like a dream, big Swedish defenseman. I don't have a problem with. Remember, we're not looking back at all the guys in the draft. That's too easy. Mm-hmm. And on that day, it looked like a hell of a draft pick. I saw him in the U18s. I saw him in the uh, World Junior. Looked like a hell of a good draft pick. I'm not going to second guess that. If he doesn't pan out. I guess he doesn't pan out, but I will say to you that when you part, when you part with your first-round pick, you should know a hell of a lot more about him and how how he's going to play and what he's going to be than the Edmonton Oilers know today. Mm-hmm. There's still a ton of question marks on this guy and that is dangerous that is dangerous someone else might find out the answer to those questions and the answer might be a lot better than the orders think it is
0: uh, Mark Spector with us on sports 1440 uh, when you say just a guy that the old scouts spec used to write jag on their scouting reports just a guy just a guy that's what that <laughs> meant uh, yep. so what do you make of yep. tonight's uh, it feels like we've been off for two weeks what do you make of tonight's tilt against Carolina
1: yeah, well, it's, it's you know what, uh, Edmonton, I think the best thing about their play in this last four-game thing, their w- winning streak, was their ability to keep goals down. Like, that's always the linchpin for this team. You know, give up two or less, and this team's going to win 80% of its games. So uh, that's what I want to see. I don't care if they don't score for the first period and a half. They're coming off a big break here. But don't come out and do what happened in Carolina be down 4 nothing. Mm-hmm. right? Come out establish some defensive play. I don't care if the puck's going in for you yet. That'll come. We all have faith in that, right? Just come out, give your goaltender a chance to have a good night, and they'll build off that. If it's, you know what, if they're down one nothing after two periods, I like where the Oilers are. How about that?
0: I think they've changed their mantra, their mentality about handling adversity. Would that be fair to say?
1: um well yeah i guess i mean i'm not sure what the mantra was before if they couldn't handle it how's that sound they couldn't handle it that's fair so no no they have they've they've you got to do it a few times and remember this team didn't handle adversity very well at all in the first 11 12 13 games of the year they've done it a few times now that winnipeg game's huge down one nothing with seven mm-hmm. minutes to play and you win a hockey game. So they've got a template, right? They can come back. The Anaheim game, they were down one nothing, down two one, they ended up winning eight two. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes, once you've done it a couple times, you got something to build off. This team's done it a couple times, and I'm looking around the West, and there's a whole bunch of teams that are just okay that you can pass. They got to start. They got six at home here. You got to start piling up some points.
0: Sure do. Spec, we'll see you down at the rink. Well, maybe later this morning or tonight. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good, KK. Thanks, Beck. Appreciate it. That is uh, On The Mark, powered by Booster Juice and energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Text coming in to one 1440 Cam says, sorry, Kevin, but you are not an NHL expert and wouldn't know what it takes to see if you have a NHL player or not. Thanks, Cam. Unless that's from Cam Connor. I'm not taking much credence into it. Uh, Bones says, you know whether a guy is an NHL D-man right away? Yes. You don't know if he's a one through six for a while. How about all the texts from Dave Youngs regarding Dave Youngs? Rob comes in. As a proud Jasper Place Rebel alumni, basketball city champs, junior boys, senior boys, Shep still sucks. Uh, <laughs> comes from Rob from West Edmonton. Uh, J-Dog says, don't forget about the Reb." Yes, at JP. Um, when we come back, hey, and also, uh, uh,
2: what's the bidding at on uh, the golf package at the ranch? We are up to $1,000 for stew. he said. <laughs> um, what did he say? Uh, he said, uh, my best score might be Kevin's worse, but I don't use a foot wedge. And oh, Stu. so and not only is he uh, trying to get in the mix here to come play with you, but he's throwing some trash talk. Bring for, it on, Stu. We're probably it's five, six months out at least <laughs> from this match happening, but the trash talk's already started.
0: I'll tell you what, Stu. Meet me at Terra Pines in about four <laughs> hours. No, just kidding. Yeah, to be honest with you, you kind of might have to use a little bit of foot wedge at, at Terra Pines right now.
2: But yeah, if you're uh, out
0: on the creek, yeah, you, well, yeah, <laughs> we're talking all ranch. So again, it's a great package. Uh, it's uh, we're. We'll kind of throw some bids out right now. Stu's got it at $1,000. It's 10 rounds at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Power cart, driving range, uh, one golf, uh, one round of golf with three people with Sean, Alligator, Arms, Piercy, and then you get to play one round with myself and GM Marie McCourt, and that is a lot of fun. You will not I, – I guarantee you, you'll be busting a gut for 18 holes. It's a, a lot of fun and, you know, we'll, uh, refreshments and everything – provided, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, when we come back, Anna Dua from the NHL Network and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, it's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back in Edmonton. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Anna Dua from the NHL Network. Uh, good morning, Anna. Welcome to Sports 1440. Hi, how are you? Doing excellent. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, the one thing I want to start off with is all this calzoni talk with the Hughes brothers. Can you kind of explain yeah. all what this is all about?
3: So it started last year during the playoffs. We had a show that we did over at the NHL where we covered basically the conference finals. And I do something. I'm from Canada, okay. I'm from Burlington, Ontario, and I moved to New York. And they're really passionate about the way they eat their pizza down here. But the way I've always eaten pizza my entire life is I roll it up so none of the toppings fall out. And that was a okay up in Canada. They seem to have an issue with it down here. When I moved down here, and someone asked me what I was doing, and I was like, eating pizza and they said that's not a pizza and I was like well it's a calzone and he posted that video on Twitter it kind of blew up and then I started doing overtime calzones during the playoffs and last night did a special Hughes brother calzone for the first official Hughes day the NHL had Mm -hmm. and they all got a point so I ate some pizza
0: so Jack had a goal to assist Luke had a goal Quinn had to assist. What was the reaction uh, when, I guess, the final point was, you know, the, the third brother came into the fray here?
3: Okay, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm kind of a fraud because I did go to sleep before <laughs> oh, the third no. brother did come into the front. I'm sorry. I've been out <laughs> since like 6 a.m. yesterday filming shows, so I had to call it a night early. This Vancouver time was not doing me justice, but I had a feeling it was going to happen, so I ate it in advance, and I posted a little picture this morning. But oh, the next time it happens, I will be at the Rock when the Vancouver Canucks come to visit January 6th. So I'll be there in person for the revenge of the Hughes brothers.
0: Hey. You know, that's such a cool uh, angle that you sort of came up. It it sort of kind of reminded me of the Bucci Overtime. I don't know.
3: It kind of is. eh? It it just happened out of the blue, too. It was so funny. My co-host Bill texts me from that show all the time because he was the one who posted that initial video. And he was like, I'm the one who built this for you. And I was like, honestly, you are. That was hilarious.
0: So what are they doing? Like, are there different toppings? How does that work? Like, I I was kind of looking at that as well.
3: Yeah. So unfortunately I have like terrible topping preferences as well. Like truly just a menace to New York city right now. Last night I had banana peppers and pineapple. My all time favorite toppings are pineapple and jalapeno. But like down here, the folks just don't like it, but I'm just saying it works when I'm back home. So why not bring it down here as well?
0: Are you a Seinfeld aficionado?
3: I'm not. I'm okay. trying to get more into it. You know, people love Seinfeld down here. Yeah. So I feel like that's next up on my watch list.
0: Well, they have a Calzone episode in there. That's why I'm asking. So. Oh,
3: do they? Yeah. That's the first
0: so today, that'll be your homework assignment, Anna, to check out the uh, George Costanza Calzone with Kramer and uh, George Steinbrenner. That'll be your homework assignment for today.
3: Gotcha. I'll report back.
0: Uh, Anna Dua from the NHL Network, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Just kind of going around the the league, Anna, and uh, the LA Kings with their 10th straight road victory. I mean, this team is just, uh, that's a quarter of the schedule on the road to win in a row. uh, One off the uh, league record, but boy, the Kings are really rolling on the road. What do you see?
3: They look really good right now. I feel like no one's talking about the LA Kings at the moment, which is insane because so far through the first couple months of the season, they look like the most solid team in the NHL. They rank second in the league in goals four per game, and they seem to have figured out their system. They have a lot of great pieces. They've consistently been a good team for the past couple of seasons, just haven't been able to make it work in the postseason. But so far to kick off the year, nothing I can say other than the Kings look so solid, and they're just not getting enough credit for the way they're playing. Uh,
0: You know, I have them ranked as number one in the power rankings. I've been saying that for several Several weeks, uh, they do have a lot of games in hand on some teams, uh, but even last night uh, to, to be down three nothing in Columbus, come back to win it four uh, three in overtime, a goal by Drew Doughty. As we're guesting with uh, Anna Dua from the NHL Network, is that another case, Anna, for yourself and a lot of people on the East Coast that maybe don't see the Kings as much uh, playing out west?
3: I feel like there are a couple of teams in the Western Conference that just have kind of stolen the spotlight, because when you look at the Eastern Conference, it's been so dominant in the NHL for so long, even though we've had a couple Stanley Cup champs come out of the West. It's just in the East, you have these juggernaut of teams, and it's always been so competitive, specifically in the Metropolitan Division for the last couple of seasons. Now you're seeing the Atlantic Division and the Bruins having their historic season. Everyone's always talking about Toronto, so there's a lot of focus on a lot of these teams in the East because it was so competitive, and when you look out into the West, there's a couple of teams. Folks have their eye on. Obviously, Colorado has been front and center for the past couple of seasons, and rightfully so. And then Vegas has really stolen the show as well. So you monitor teams like that. And then in Canada, obviously, Edmonton's kind of been the big story out west for the last couple of years. And that's a team you keep track of. They have like the superstars of the NHL right now. And the LA Kings just kind of fall in that mix because right now they're performing so well. And they've been a very solid team. They just never have been like a glitzy, glamour team that you see with some of the other teams that exist. So I think that's why folks overlook them a little bit, but they're dangerous right now for sure.
0: Anadua from the NHL Network is our guest on Sports 1440. When you think about surprise teams, and I don't think you can categorize Detroit as a surprise team, maybe, but uh, right now with 31 points and we haven't even seen uh, Patrick Kane join the team yet is um what's the buzz I guess what would you say the buzz is out East with the wings and Patrick Kane coming in
3: Uh, I feel like they definitely are a little bit of a surprise. I know they have like the pieces that a lot of folks knew could do well and they have Debrinket on their roster and the little like rumors that have spread about what they could be, but I think they're overseeding the expectations that they had for themselves so far this season. I don't think they expected to be performing this well to kick off the year and they're looking like a very solid roster. I'll admit, I didn't have them making the postseason in my Mm -hmm. preseason predictions and I'm looking like I'm a little bit wrong right now and adding Patrick Kane, I mean... Patrick Kane's just two seasons removed from being a 90-point player, and I think sometimes we forget that. Obviously he's recovering from a huge, huge injury and huge surgery, so maybe he doesn't reach that level necessarily just quite yet, but he is reuniting with Alex Dabrinkit. They had a couple of good seasons together in Chicago. It's a good fit for Patrick Kane. I think the Detroit Red Wings have a lot of upside, and their depth players have also really stepped up to the bat this season, and they're looking good. That's all I can say. (laughs) I was worried that this year in the NHL like the big teams in the Atlantic that seem to make it year after year they would have some competition I thought it would be from Ottawa and Buffalo but it's looking like Detroit's their biggest competition right now
0: what about in the Metropolitan um, Anna I think the surprise team would have to be Philadelphia what do you make of the Flyers so far 25 games in
3: They've really impressed me so far this season. Like they're still top three in the Metro right now. They keep winning games. They're competitive night after night. And I'm one of the folks that think that John Tortorella is a coach in the NHL that truly he can take any team and make it a competitive team. I saw what he did with the Columbus Blue Jackets when he was with that squad in the postseason and the way this guy coaches is just absolutely unreal and he can bring the best out of a lot of players. And we're seeing that this season in Philadelphia. they're performing really well. A couple of standouts that I really like. A player I was very high on heading into the season was Tyson Forrester. Mm-hmm. So, being from Canada, you watch a lot of junior hockey. got to yeah. see this kid in Barry, and so far he has like five points, three goals in his last four games and is heating up. I knew he was going to do pretty well. I really like the flashes of him I saw last season when he got called up to play with Philadelphia, but this year he's looking really good, and they have a bunch of little pieces like that that are really coming together. Obviously, getting Sean Couturier back is a big piece for for the Flyers to add into their roster and just everything's working out for this team and they're gritty and I like the way they're coached and I like that they're competitive night after night because the NHL is more fun when the Flyers (laughs) are good at hockey.
0: They are, and I think everyone loves torts. That's uh, safe to say. Anna Dua is our guest from the NHL Network. Being from Ontario, obviously you have followed the Leafs and the Ottawa Senators, so let's touch on Ottawa off to a slower start, but with a million games in hand. And this morning, the Senators announced that they appointed Jacques Martin as senior advisor to the coaching staff. What do you make of that?
3: Yeah, I like that. I saw that first thing this morning and I think the Senators are just trying to find their own wheels right now. I think that's a good ad, and they're just kind of trusting the way their system's playing out and trying to add a little bit more support around the way instead of making some major, major changes right now and I think that's the way to go for Ottawa because they're just not able to get wins and I feel like this has been the story with the Ottawa Senators for the past couple of seasons where I look at their stats, right? Like Ottawa is a top Sixth team in the NHL in goals per game this season. Their offense is doing what they have to do. They're top 10 in shots on goal per game this season. It's not that their players aren't necessarily performing or their offense isn't really trying to carry this team. There's just some chemistry issues with the Ottawa Senators that they're trying to figure out. There's been a lot of stuff that's gone on behind the scenes that can sometimes impact the way a team plays together that we've heard about for Ottawa this season. and It's just tough when I consistently see this team among league leaders in all of these categories, but they mm-hmm. Just, like cannot get a win, and it just does not reflect in the standings where they're absolutely struggling right now. But maybe they turn it around and they go on a little bit of a heater. I just think like this season, the Ottawa Senators, it's just not their year.
0: Did beat the New York Rangers, uh, you know, last night. So maybe things, yeah, last night. I think, yeah, yeah, man, the days just just blend in here, Anna. <laughs> so, um, were you a Leafs fan growing up?
3: I always say I was, like, a fan of hockey, not okay. necessarily one team. Obviously, I love Toronto. I think, like, they have great hockey culture up in Toronto. But I I'm born in 99, so I grew up in, like, the prime time era, Sidney Crosby. And I'm mm. sure any Canadian kid who was my age loves Sidney Crosby. So I watched a lot of Penguins games when I was growing up just because he was my all-time favorite player. But I do love, like, the Maple Leafs and, honestly, all the Canadian teams. Like, I always say to folks down here, hockey culture is mm-hmm. so special in Canada and whenever I get an opportunity to cover some games up north in any of the cities you can just tell how much the sport is a part of the community and Toronto's like that Edmonton's like that all the cities up there are like that so it's always just special to watch and cover hockey up in Canada.
0: And with the NHL Network what's a day in the life of um, Anna Dua look like can you explain what a normal day would uh, be you said you were up yesterday at six doing shoots and and things like that Uh, what's it been like for you at the NHL Network?
3: It's been fun. I mean, it's like truly living the dream. Every day is different, which is also super fun. So I'll usually get my schedule the week before, and I'll do some shows in the morning, some highlight shows. I'll hop on and do some segments like I am with you right now, which is always mm-hmm. fun to tap into different markets and talk some hockey. And then I'll do some game coverage as well. I've been doing a lot of Devils games this season, and it's been really fun with the way that
0: Oh, rats. I think we just lost Anna, and we we're kind of getting close to anyway. But uh, thanks very much to Anna Dewar, headliner of the day. We just lost her um, kind of an interesting answer about her life and times at the at the NHL Network and uh, what's it been like for her. But uh, thanks to Anna for uh, jumping on uh, today. Uh, that was the headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For All Your Plumbing Needs. Go to Ca. But thanks to Anna uh, Dua for yeah, coming on um uh, when we come back, we've got some open text time. We will update you on the bidding of that fantastic golf package at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. And uh, David Schlemko at the top of the hour for Cougar Payton Collision. That's all coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, Duke, you're going to have to help me out with that one, big fella. What oh, was it, Brooks and Dunn? Yes, oh, sir. Man. I can't believe I didn't pick up on that one.
2: How do you not recognize those, uh, I... those dulcet tones of... Uh... Ronnie Dunn wailing on the track.
0: That's a 150% on me. Bad miss. How do you not know that one? Just embarrassing. Supposedly a country music aficionado. Not even close. No sniff, as they would say back in the day. That was kind of neat the Calzone angle with Anadua. So you've had a Calzone before. And do you call it calzone or calzone? I
2: just call it a calzone. I mean, okay. I'm uh, I'm as uh, non-Italian as non-Italian okay. gets. I'm not even going to pretend. Um, although I did take uh, a couple weeks of Italian my uh, one semester at the UVA, and then I was like, "Why am I doing this? I needed a language oh. credit for my uh, for my BA, but I was like, I already took some French in high school. Why don't I just take French instead?" So I uh, I made the swap. Um, okay, let me ask you: Why wouldn't you take Spanish? Why would I take span like? Like once again this was to fill a requirement for my degree I understand, and I already had a base understanding of the French language. I took it in. Granted, this is in Delburn, so the uh, (laughs) the the education of the French language might not necessarily be at uh, the hotel. Yeah, (laughs) bonjour, Jamapple Brandon. Um, No, Uh, so I I had like I'd done some verb conjugation, like some little bit more advanced stuff, but I could not enough that I had to take a more advanced class. I could still take the most entry level one, so that was just a little bit uh, easier for me. Uh, on that side, of things. Mm. But like, what? Like taking Spanish. What does that serve me? Uh,
0: okay, you go to Mexico.
2: Yeah, I I already know as much Spanish as I need to get. No, by in no, Mexico. no, no, no. You
0: go to Mexico.
2: No, no, no.
0: There's a lot more. You know, Tumaguste, Quieres del Contigo. Those are. You know, you need some. You need some conversation down there, Duke.
2: Oh, hola, mi <laughs> no, amigo. No, no, no. no. Como esta Duke? No. I learned all the Spanish I need using phrases I learned from Sesame Street. <laughs> you go
0: down to Mexico, go down to Cuba, go down to the DR. Um, you need to have just a little bit more.
2: Well, the good news is I uh, I have been to Mexico okay. uh, once in my adult life, and I got by with the limited I had. Um, and <laughs> Anybody I have, can get by. Well, that's... Uh, you want to excel. What my... <laughs> Kevin, if I've learned anything in my life, it's that I'm not necessarily probably going to excel at anything. I My life is getting by. You sounded like Tom
0: Cruise in Risky Business there. <laughs> Have you seen that show? Yes. Okay. If there's anything that I've learned in all my years, <laughs> and we can't say the next line.
2: No, but, but uh, yeah, my, my fin, uh, final line to that uh, setup is that I do not excel at anything.
0: Okay. Um, we get tons of texts coming in and a lot of them have to do with trades and I'm going to give Bruce in the park uh, a little you know a little clap way to work Bruce because he's he sent out a trade proposal that is at least it's thought out it's not way out there Obviously, this is it's still out there, but it's not way
2: out there. It's not uh, getting Bonds and Griffin, and we don't have to give up that much. <laughs> Do you have that on the no, hot I button? We need that. Lunch. We got to have that ready to okay. go all the time. Sure, I'll uh, I'll get our best guy. So let's
0: it. go. Let's look at this. Bruce in the Parksons. Good morning. If you were hauling, would you trade Broberg for Maroon to make the dollars work, and then sign Corey Perry to round out our bottom six, and then trade a current forward to Columbus for one of their extra D, Fogle, two point seven five million. And Ernie for Spencer Martin seven and a quarter, and Andrew Peake at two and three quarters mil. Then he puts out all the lines. I I like you put that he's put in the effort, Bruce. Of course, this is out there in the sense that it's never would happen. Corey Perry until there's some transparency. It's uh, I don't think any team is going to be touching him. I don't think any team might touch him for the rest of his career. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Broberg and it's just you can't trade Broberg right now. You just can't. You're getting nothing on the dollar. Pat Maroon, great team guy, great guy would be a fit for, you know, in the locker room. He's he doesn't have the step that he had before, but still has the ability to know what it takes to win would be an addition I think to a locker room down the stretch. I think he might get traded if Minnesota uh, doesn't continue on the way it is. But I don't. You're not trading him for for Broberg. I just appreciate that Bruce has put some thought into this. He's gone into cap friendly and he's written down you know what Spencer Martin's making and Peak is making and you know Andrew Peak was a guy. I'll be honest. When the Oilers drafted Tyler Benson. Uh, and I went, you know, they what? they don't need Tyler Benson right now. They don't need him. They needed a guy like Andrew Peak, and Peak played, I think. Well, he's been hurt for a lot of this year. He's only played five games, but he played 82 games last year, uh, 80 last year, 82 the year before. He's young. He's still 25. I guess he's only played 200 games in the NHL. So they're still he's still trying to find his way. He hasn't played 300 yet. Anyway. Thanks to Bruce for just putting some thought into a trade, looking at some numbers, crunching a few things. Appreciate it. I uh, wanted to touch base again on our uh, month of giving. Jason Greger has done such a wonderful job on that. So on two of his, uh, uh, two bids today on his show from two to six, uh, one of them will be the golf package at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. So you get 10 rounds of golf, power cart each round, and the driving range. Then you get a round of golf for three people with the head pro, Sean Alligator Arms Piercy, and one round of golf with Marie McCourt and myself, uh, which is a great time. It's a lot of fun. It's usually, for the most part, it'll be a Sunday match at 11, ballpark in that area. So you got kind of all afternoon. You can, you know, have a bite to eat after, sit around, have a, uh, a refreshment or two. And Stu, I believe, is our last bidder at $1,000. We're not going to close the bidding today. We're going to leave it going all the way through into the Jason Greger show. uh, And uh, Jason and Connor will close out the bidding. Uh, Perplexed Oiler fan. Trade idea. Maybe something bigger. Checkeye Allen and Anderson to Montreal, uh, from Montreal. for Broberg, Campbell, Borgo, Fogel. There's probably only one player that the Habs would be interested in there, and that would be Xavier Borgo. I don't think they'd be interested in any of those players. Just with contract situation with Warren Fogle being a free agent, and I don't think they would want to have anything to do with Jack Campbell at this point. You know... I just love the text coming in when we had our St. Albert Dodge um, game of the day, which is going to be this weekend at Ross Shep high. So many great texts coming in about Dave Young's and, uh, the fact that uh, oh, J Dog don't forget the Reb and so many great tournaments that we've had uh, in the high school basketball scene. You know, at this time of the year, it's right before Christmas, and you know, it seems every weekend there's a great tournament. And uh, if you would like to send something in to us with our game of the day for St. Albert Dodge, just shoot me off an email at uh, Kevin at sports1440.ca. Uh, tomorrow, on the St. Albert Dodge game of the day, we will. Uh, Touch on something a uh, uh, pretty neat. We're going to touch on the CSSHL, and Shaughnigan Lake is a school out of BC, and they will be here flying in tomorrow to take on NAX. We're going to be interesting to get the take of uh, David Schlemko on this, who does some work at NAX. So basically, this is a a showcase coming here this weekend, CSSHL showcase. So a lot of local players play out in, in Seanigan, uh, Seanigan Lake school. It's an under 18 prep team, just like the schools out here. NAX is, I guess you want to call it, they're hosting the tournament. Uh, if, uh, if they're, if you want to call it that, but there'll be several other teams as well for this showcase. So that is going to be our St. Albert Dodge, uh, game of the day tomorrow. And we'll, uh, kind of feature that. We'll talk to David Schlemko about that as well. Duke tomorrow night. I heard you talking about the Thursday night football game yesterday. Is this going to be the most exciting? Out of all the ones that you've gone to the uh, CBH this year, this will be 14th, 14, 13th. 14. Is that true already? Yeah, week three, 13's in the books, man.
2: Man, yeah, time flies by. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> the term barn burner gets thrown around a lot, and you definitely should not be using it to describe this game. A uh, The lowest over-under total set in an NFL game since 2005 – and uh, as we, you know, Connor and I were talking with Alan Soslowski yesterday during Fantasy Frenzy, like, you, how do you not bet it's the 30? under? 30 and a half, yeah. Like, this game, no Kenny Pickett <laughs> for a Steelers offense that even with their starting quarterback was pretty pedestrian. They're their first 400-yard game in a couple years. And, yes, you can maybe uh, credit some of that to Matt Canada's mm-hmm. offensive scheme besides the point. Mitch Trubisky under center there. We don't. I assume Bailey Zappi's playing quarterback for the Patriots again because, I mean, they got shut out by the Chargers, whose defense is yes improved in the last few weeks, but still gives up more to the past than I think all but one other team in the entire NFL. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the game itself. I always look forward to my time at the Brewhouse. I think I'm going to be down mm-hmm. in Ellerslie again, which is where I was for the first thursday of the season okay i have to double check that i'll have that confirmed for uh for our listeners coming up on fantasy frenzy but always enjoy my time there the food's great the drinks are great the staff is tremendous but i'm thinking uh there might be maybe some hockey games thrown on some of the other tvs and they might have a little more of my attention <laughs> while i'm there because <laughs> i don't see there being a lot to talk about during this football game tomorrow
0: probably not i have a fantasy question for you hmm so, again, I
2: <laughs>
0: global warming is 0-1-15 0 15 0, had, had probably, I think, the second most points last week, but lost out of uh, 12 teams.
2: Yeah. Maybe can't, third you, most. You can't buy one right now. No, can't buy You're one. And it.
0: don't care. I mean, it's all about the shots right now. That's what it is, uh, JD. So I have Pat Fryermuth going tomorrow night. My other option at tight end would be Kate It's just That's just the way it is. So... I think I'm going to just roll with Fryermouth.
2: Muth was a guy that a lot of um experts and analysts kind of pegged as a guy to maybe break out a little bit with the Steelers moving on from Mac Canada because they seemed a very uh or they seemed very unwilling to throw mm-hmm. the ball over the middle of the field, so uh, so Muth, as the main pass catching tight end there seemed ripe to take advantage of a a new look, but now with Mitch Trubisky, this can go two ways. A uh, this is a veteran quarterback at this yeah. point, former number two pick. And, yes, uh, his time as a starter um, didn't end very well, both in Chicago and then uh, in a brief stint in Pittsburgh. But, like, guys like this that maybe don't wow you off the page, they love tight ends.
0: Here, here's what I'm going to throw at you, Duke. And so they fired Matt Canada. friarmouth had nine catches for 120 yards the very next game. Yeah. Last game, there were two weather delays. I mean, we're talking just brutal conditions. So even with Trubisky in, I think that I'm going to go with Friermuth just in the sense that it could be a little bit of a security blanket, and we'll take it from there. And, and I mean, who cares any about my team? Yeah, either? at
2: this point, it doesn't matter for you. And Cade Otten, who I'm actually a big fan of down yeah. in Tampa, um, going up against the Falcons, whose defense is actually pretty decent. Um, but, the, man, I'm, I'm kind of sneaky in on the Bucks to uh, win that division. Oh really? Yeah, um, I don't know what it is because I've been a Baker Mayfield detractor in the past. I bought in for that one game when he came over to the Rams last year and balled out the next yeah. week. I included some of his overs in a, a parlay. He of course did not hit them and then underwhelmed the remainder of the season. Um, now in Tampa, he's. It's something about the Bucs. Like they have so much talent on that offense. Their defense is injured beyond repair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just like the Falcons. Just don't do it for me because. They don't utilize the weapons they have. The Bucks do. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashad White. I like what they have there, and Baker Mayfield is capable enough. How's that?
0: Mm-hmm. Mike Evans is so underrated.
2: Oh, it's a sh- yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer yeah. without a doubt at this point. <laughs>
0: When we come back, David Schlemko will join us in studio as he does every Wednesday from 9 to 11. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. It's now open for the season. Be sure to support your local ski and snowboard shop. Then get ready to ride the valley. Visit snowvalley.ca today. Here is the Duke.